thing, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme, we're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit. Or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Smoother than a stripper's area. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? All right. We are back again for one more week. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. And this week we have Rebecca Kaur uh, sitting to see, bet- sitting between Darren and myself. And uh, before Darren has something terrible to say about me and my announcing skills, uh, I'm going to throw it over to Darren Frost. How are you, Darren? I'm doing well, David. Thank you for keeping that short and sweet. We already have a long enough intro each week with the uh, whole bells and whistles. Uh, Rebecca Kohler is in with us this week, and we are happy to have her. Uh, this weekend uh, I had off. I didn't really go anywhere stand-up-wise. Uh, what about you, David? Were you anywhere? I uh, got to do a. It was a uh, a fundraiser for uh, firefighters, and uh, while I was there, actually, I was talking to one of the firefighters, and there were three comics on the show, and it was one of those awkward moments where I kind of wanted to call fighter firefighter on his shit, right? And he actually said to me, he like, as he knew that I was one of the comics on the show, and he said to me, "Oh my god, man, I don't know how you guys get up there and talk <laughs> like that on stage." And I was sort of like, what the, what the fuck's going on with your problem? I was like, you guys go into burning buildings, right? Yeah. I'm a comedian. The only person who gets hurt at a comedy show is the comedians, and they're just my feelings. And uh, most likely I'll just storm out of there going like, fuck those people anyways. But I, just, I couldn't believe that. But it, it just it's amazing how much people fear getting on stage. You know, there's talking. like wife swap. There, there should be like job swap oh. where, you're, where you're the fireman and everyone dies in the building because you're wheezing up the fucking ladder. That's what would probably happen. <laughs> or, people yeah. just throwing babies out. Oh, well, again, hopefully they just live and be, you know. Or I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a stuck at a drive-thru at like a Burger King and I can't even get to the fire on time. It's, <laughs> hey, it's Whopper Wednesdays. Give me a fucking break. Oh, that would be horrible. That would be a uh, very funny show, but it yes, would be horrible yes. and lots of lives would be lost. Yes. And what about you, Rebecca? Where were you this weekend? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I didn't have any shows. I did do a show on Thursday. Okay. For which I got a good review. Oh. In Now Magazine. Now Magazine, yes. Oh, our favorite publication. Our favorite um, publication, No, absolutely. I was very happy. I've never had a full-out good review, so uh, there's always, like, a backhanded compliment in yep, there. Yep, No, so you did one, have a good... It was good for you, yep. yeah. this was pretty good. And uh, and then on, on Saturday, I went to see Jeffrey Ross, the roast master. Are we, uh, uh, what, that the, the Massey Hall? That No, it was at the Queen Elizabeth. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Then. And uh, so that was interesting, and that was the night Whitney Houston died, and we can talk about that later. Yeah, we will, yeah. for sure. But how was Jeffrey Ross in that venue? Uh, you know, I didn't want to go. I didn't. Okay. I, I I actually this sounds really weird, but I, I don't actually enjoy going to see comedy anymore. Okay. Like it seems like a chore. Yeah. Like yeah. Homework, especially like I'm not a huge fan of his, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll go. Yeah, like, I don't think you'd be. I you know not to project, but I think you may you know like some of the 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 writing ability of some of the roasting, but I don't think you're a roasting kind of comic sitting there going, oh, that was a really great dig. That's not really your style. No, right? I'm not. Yeah. Although right. he did roast some audience members, and that was probably the most entertainment. Right. Yeah. Entertaining part. Yeah, of Yeah. Like the last twenty minutes, right? He brings someone yeah. up on stage. He brings a bunch of people up on stage and then okay. makes fun of them. The best part is that people uh, put themselves up there mm-hmm. and then they're shocked by what he says to right, them. Right, and right. They, those are the stupidest people at the show. But he doesn't do any research into who these people are. No, 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 like, no, no. He like comments fat, on you... their body, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. and their face, and okay. he called a man a woman. It was really great. Okay, all right. Sarcasm. Okay, go on. But was it was it busy? Was it a lot of people there? It was. Pre- it was almost full. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, then you but you also witness. The masses at a comedy show and the stuff they're like, I think half of them were super high, which you expect. But like Jeffrey Ross is like, hello. And people are like falling out of their chairs already laughing. Of course, that's the difference, you know, between people going to see you and going to a comedy club and end up seeing you. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like when we saw Brian Regan two years ago. All these super fans were there. It didn't matter what he said. I mean, he was very funny, but it didn't matter what he said. They were on every word because yeah. it was Brian Regan. But it almost makes you feel like it discounts the comedy because these people. Well, they don't have to work at... as hard. They yeah. don't. No, they don't. Well, you kind of second guess your material because you want 
most people want their material to stand on its own, and you kind of right. don't want people to be like, well, don't laugh at me just because. Well, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, as a comedian, that might actually bother me. I know right. it sounds like a negative Nelly thing to say, but I want them to laugh, but I want them to listen and laugh. Of course. Yeah. And, yeah. and give you the feedback that's true feedback and not, hey, it's Rebecca saying it. Well, yeah. I, I think there's a certain amount of grace that every audience gives uh, a comic if they're going to see him particularly. Because I saw David Cross at the same theater, and, uh, and you know, I, I, I'm a big David Cross fan. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like him because like yeah. he's a bit of a comedy I, snob. I know you are because I know you have an Alvin and the Chipmunks T-shirt with David Cross on it. You know what? Do you have to comment on do everything that I have? Do you masturbate in that T-shirt? He does. He I does. Do. Actually, I master- <laughs> I actually, I masturbate with the T-shirt. Yeah. And he doesn't stop creepier, until he yeah. covers all three chipmunks, you make especially chipmunks, Simon. Yeah. You make the chip- chipmunks look like they have rabies. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I make them all froth at the mouth. <laughs> it's actually one of those voice-activated T-shirts, and then Simon is says, over here, don't forget me. I just have to stop this and say that the number one look I hate most on men is a shirt and nothing else. Right. It's really not a good look. No. <laughs> Never do that. Oh, don't what? come early to the show because that's what Dave, he never puts his pants on. He's like Jerry Lewis. Yeah. He doesn't put his pants on until the show starts. So he's just got a T-shirt on and that's it. I think uh, it's because it makes you look like an overgrown baby with a hairy crotch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways. Well, uh, I, well, I wax, so don't, don't worry. Oh, no, nice. that's even worse. Yeah. I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> but not the taint. Your, your taint is hairy. That's can you do that, that, though? Can you wax your taint? Yes. It's like a genital goatee. Can, you can do that? <laughs> but yeah, you can get a goatee that matches your face, Dave. He's got one rocking right now. Because sometimes goatee. in the summertime, it is just uh, my under the heat coming off my undercarriage. is just It's ridiculous. All right. And too yeah. much information. Whoa. There's never too There's much information here, about this show. It's different now. Stop. Um, when boobs are in the room, yes, the yes, tables get yes, turned. That's right. Put Even your though they're small, on. they are here. Okay. Oh, no, nice. don't say it's okay. that. Okay, I like them. Now, Whitney Houston died. What's the big news of the week? Of course, uh, I thought uh, I watched the Grammys, and I thought LL Cool J did a very good job off the top and handling the situation. Although he didn't take his hat off when he prayed, which was kind of weird. Um, but it's rude to God. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. If that's what you believe, uh, that's why I always wear a hat when I pray. Um, but <laughs> Dave, I like how you believe t-shirt. you believe in a god, and you want him to, <laughs> well, yeah, and you fuck, want to piss him that off. Fuck that guy! Fuck that guy! If, he, if he's real, and God's a man, yeah, too. he'll understand the humor in that. Yeah, I hope so. But then uh, the Grammys. So Chris Brown was on. I know we all want to talk about this. Oh, um, okay, maybe not Dave. Well, uh, but Chris Brown was on and performed. Obviously, uh, you know. The last couple of years not been good to Chris Brown in terms of the media, what he did to Rihanna a couple of years ago, the night of the Grammys. And uh, Rebecca, what, what's your thoughts on the whole Chris Brown thing? I think it's a very tricky uh, topic to talk about. I think I will go out there and say I'm kind of against it right. that, that he was invited to perform there, partly because Rihanna, Rihanna, I'm so out of right. Rihanna, you're so out of touch. You can't even. The music. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like when people break up and then you don't invite both of them to your party. Right. Especially when one of them beat the shit out of another one of them. Yes. Right? And yes. severely, yes. Now, oh my, like I, uh, hospitalization. Hospitalization, as you were saying earlier, Dave, she almost died. And what right? if she did die? If she had died, he probably would have gone to jail, right? This is like, uh, and I was just talking about this the other day, how a mistake seems to only be a mistake if really bad things happen right, after right. you do it. Like, if you drink and drive and don't hit anyone, Long you mistake. haven't really made a mistake. Right. You hit someone, big mistake, right? Right, right, right. So she didn't die, so it's not as big of a mistake. But, um, but like, we were talking about other celebrities who do shitty things. And, like, do, do you decide? Like, I still love Woody Allen, even though apparently, you know, he married right. his daughter. Right. Um, well, not, not, well but, his stepdaughter. Let's get stepdaughter, that straight. No, yeah. and I still love him. But I. But what I, about Roman Polanski? See, I, I watch his he, movies. He drugged a 13-year-old and fucked her in the ass. He fucked yeah. her in the anus. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and it was small because she was 13. It was well, tight. I, you know what? I, I, loved, <laughs> I loved Roman Polanski for years. In fact, tried to be him for many years and tried to get a 13-year-old inside of a 13-year-old when I was watching the piano, but I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. I, I tried. and I, Okay, we get off that Well, one. you took the, a VCR sh- and a, a TV from the AV department and wheeled it into like a uh, kindergarten <laughs> and just said, well, not even, oh, my God, not even a kindergarten. Kindergarten? You, what age are you talking about? That's not 13, Dave. Well, I hang well out the with girls a, you date, 13. I hang out with a lot of stupid 13-year-olds. Yeah. And they're Obviously. still in kindergarten. Hi, Dave. Um, anyway, just to quickly finish my point. Yeah. Yes. I think that it doesn't mean you have to not like his music anymore, but maybe don't celebrate him in public two years later. Okay, but there, here's, there's two things there, right? One, a, a comic named Dom Pere, I'm going to paraphrase what he said, brought up an interesting point. Do you damn the man for his whole life based on a few mistakes he made during his life or not? That's what? one thing. 
And then the second thing is if he paid his debt to society, meaning he pled guilty and is doing all his community service, is he then damned for the rest of his life if he paid his debt to society? Not the rest of his life. It's been two years. How about right. five years? Right. How about when Rihanna's not also on the show? Right. I just think that's a really like... But but also if, if his album did sell, so the audience, a buying public, has decided with their dollar to reward him by buying his music and having them the hits. I'm just playing devil's advocate, by the way. Yeah, I, I really, hope so. Yeah. But this is the arguments that no, people I are know, saying. No, I know. I know. It's very tricky. It is. It's a, it's a weird, slippery slope, whether he can or not. I personally would not have booked him, um, but, you know, especially when Whitney died and now, you know, all that stuff happened around that. You know, with the whole Bobby Brown abuse stuff, but it is kind of weird. Well, I don't. I think it, it depends on what your mistakes are. I mean, if your mistakes are almost sending a girl like to a funeral home uh, because you know you beat the shit out of her when she was in a car, it's just it. And it's and also, I don't think he has he even actually copped to the fact that like has he actually ad- apologized for it? I mean, because he was on Good Morning America and sh- and he, and he, and he, and he yeah. freaked out and yeah. he you know he, he threw a chair out the window sure. and you know he stormed out of the building with his shirt off and it'd be like and he it doesn't seem like he's really all that sorry about it. And there was all these stable. Yeah, not and not remarkably stable. Either. Well, he thanked Jesus off the top, so I thought that was good when he won his award. That's oh. saying sorry, isn't it? Yeah, if, well, if but not. then a lot of people are sorry at award ceremonies. Well, you know, yeah. and Michael Vick said that he found uh, Jesus after he, you know, did all those like all that dogfighting shit. And uh, but I mean, if you went into detail, like exactly what he did to those animals, it's like horrific. And the fact of that course. you can was like, was there you know, anal rape involved? Don't I don't know if that would motivate. I don't know if that would motivate. I don't know if that would motivate a dog to fight more. I think it like, would. Oh man, is it like wrestling now with the dog fighting? That's a closing move. Or Actually, you know what would be funny if, if you if finish you, him. If you if you had uh, if you had two dogs and they were both being being anally raped at the same time, and those dogs were fighting while you, while two people were anally raping them. That would be kind of Where are we going with that? That's okay. Let's get off that one. Okay, okay. all right. Next. Um, but the one thing is very interesting. The last thing about the Chris Brown uh, phenomenon, what happened during the Grammys, is a bunch of women were tweeting all night long saying things like, Chris Brown can come and beat me up anytime he wants as long as he kisses my face he beats. And there's like a top 25 tweets uh, of people saying that kind of shit. And uh, I find that very sad. Oh, it's I, disgusting. It's very upsetting. Yeah. Absolutely. It just shows you where the world's going. If you well, think I domestic think... violence is funny when you're when it's like we all have jokes that we 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 make, but we never have it where it's that at least I don't, I don't think. Or maybe I do. Maybe I'm being hypocritical, but I uh, think so. I, I just think that it's it's pretty sad that they would do that on the night of the Grammys. Well, I don't think they understand the weight of the, and I don't think yeah. maybe they've never been beaten right. or they have such low self esteem that they I, don't know. Well, I also how think it, I is. think it's also because they have this almost anonymous sort of Twitter feed that they don't really have to like stick up for afterwards. They can just oh, well, I'll just put this like you know cutesy little comment about why uh, you know right. uh, uh, you know domestic violence. They don't, I don't realize they're going to be on the Huffington Post the next day. Exactly. Yeah. Did, were you inspired at all? Were you Whitney Houston fans? Were you really upset no. about this? I'm already tired of the song. I'm already tired of the song. I will always love you. I'm tired of it already. They I was tired it. of it in 1994. I was. In, there was one thing that Whitney did inspire me in, in a couple ways because uh, she inspired me never to smoke crack and then go to court to do okay. those two things that's back good. to back. I think yeah. so. That's, that's good. good. I think that's a good thing. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's nothing that says responsibility more than sweating and a facial twitch. I think that's a good thing okay. to do. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, good to know. All right. Well, we got to go to a break, but we're going to have a few more <laughs> things to talk about in the, in the last uh, quarter of the show. Uh, our guest this week is uh, comedian Fraser Young. Uh, I've been looking forward to Fraser coming on the show for a long time, and we finally got him here. So please stay tuned. Uh, a great comic. Fraser Young is up next. And you thought your mother catching you masturbating was uncomfortable. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Howdy, folks. This is Adam West, and you're listening to, oh, my God, Anything Goes with Darren Frost on XM Radio's Laugh Attack. For the same reason you slow down at bloody car accidents, you'll keep listening. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. All right, we are back from the break, and that was uh, Adam West leading us into uh, segment two. Uh, We uh, got a chance to uh, get Adam to do that little uh, promo when uh, we were at uh, the Fan Expo a year or two ago with uh, Kathleen McGee. And uh, Darren, we had a. Uh, what do you have a? You have a, a celebrity run-in with Adam West? 
I what? actually I did a commercial with Adam West. Uh, I played the Listerine bottle, and he played Batman <laughs> in a commercial. And it was a uh, it was you know a fun day. He looked at me strangely the whole day, and he never actually saw the bottle that I had on. And but he I remember you said to him you worked with uh, the one of the co the hosts of the show, and didn't he say yeah he was like a little guy angry or something? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that, but he might just use that as a as a he might say that about everybody. Right. He's a tall dude, so yeah, you can right. almost refer to everybody. Anyone's as little. little. Yeah. Uh, joining us in the studio is a. Uh, a comic, Fraser Young, is here finally on the show. Fraser, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Darren. It yeah. is lovely to be here. Um, I, you know, one of the great things about Fraser, I've been following your career for many, many years, and uh, one of the things that I was, um, from the very first time I saw you, probably was at a Clinton's, which was kind of an alternative room in, was it the late 90s, early 1000s? When did you start? Uh, yeah, I started in the like, late 90s, mid mid to late 90s. Right. And I think it was in, in Clinton's, and everyone was like saying, you got to see this guy, Fraser Young. He's very, very funny and very original. And I saw you, and it was great. And very quickly, you rose through the, uh, the ranks of uh, Toronto comedy. And you uh, got quite a lot very quickly in your career. Oh, like a meteor. Yeah, like it was. It was. You know, it was great that at least a funny young comic was being rewarded. Don't get me wrong, but one of the the downfalls to that is in Toronto, there's not much to get. And once you get it, like an i magazine cover and a, a your own TV special, it's very hard to get that again. Yes. And it's it's a it's a weird kind of ceiling that a lot of veterans twenty years in talk about. But you were talking about that like you know three or four years in for your own career. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like my my comedy now that I got. I got it when I had 45 minutes I'd ever written total. Right. Like yeah. I used I used 35 of my of my entire library at that at that segment was was written in and my comedy now is terrible. Well, it's not terrible, terrible, is it? But it's, it's just not you anymore, right? No, exactly. I mean, it's, right. and uh, I'll get emails from people that are be like, "Oh, hey, I terrible. just I just, I just <laughs> saw your just saw your comedy now." Like like cuz they're still rerunning it. Like I yeah. I taped it what 12 years ago. Right. And uh, and I just saw your comedy now and it's great and when can I see you? And it's like, "Yeah, uh, you can see me here." And just understand that I, uh, it's not at all the kind of stuff that I do anymore. That, but you, for but you, they for still you... want to see you from watching that. So. Yes. I thought they were like, holy fuck, get this guy yeah. out of here. And well, I thought it was really good, but I watched it with the volume off. Yeah, so that's, that's where the key is. <laughs> it would be, I, I, still, I still sound the same, mostly, I would say. I look very different. Was there was there any point where you were just sort of like, I don't want to do this show now because I only have this and I haven't found my voice yet? Not even for a second. Because this is a fucked up country in the yeah. sense that, you know, if someone asks you and even though you're not the comic you want to be or yeah. you haven't found your voice yet, you're not going to go like, ah, I'll wait until a year or two because... You know, the the show couldn't might not even exist next year. Right. The, the one right. that you're going to be taping, potentially. So. What would your advice be to younger comics? I, I, I don't know what to say because, like, for me, at that stage, I literally thought I was, uh, like, a shooting star. And, like, it, everything was just like I just got the, the Just for Laughs for the first time. Right. I got my comedy now. Everything, I thought there was no way I was going to turn it down. I was going to get my own show. I was going to be famous within, like, two years. Like, it, it had all just come so fast. And so, I mean, in hindsight... I wish even I had waited two years. I wish I wish I had given myself another two years to kind of figure it out, get a sense of who I am as a comic, instead of just you know, grab oh money, money, oh and TV, everything like that, you know. Yeah. But uh, well, like, for for advice for young comics, I would say uh, wait until you're ready. But it's it's tough to to tell someone that they're not ready. Well, you know? and I also think at the same time too, I don't think anyone really knows when they're ready. Yeah. I don't think I anyone. Think- but I, I, I don't know. Like, I think people deep down when they get, like, if, if Comedy Now had called me two years in, I would have been like, sure. Yeah. But I would have known, you know, like, this is a bad, I like, I think it can be, I know people that got stuff too soon and it was detrimental to their comedy career. Right. Because they got, everybody was like, you're amazing. And they had all these high expectations. And then these people, like, kind of collapsed upon themselves. Two of them I know quit comedy. So, oh, yeah. you know, well, you know, I just I got into trouble this week because uh, I put a post on Facebook about the idea of I always love um, comics that got something very big in the first five years of their career and they're no longer doing comedy. Right. And it's it puts a little bounce in my step. It was that was a little haha that I said. But yeah. I do mean that because sometimes this business rewards young comics with too much. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then then they like you said, Fraser, there's nothing wrong with that thinking. I'm going to have my own show. Oh, yeah. If this is happening this quickly now, uh, you know, if you're in it for the right reason reasons you know you're going to be funnier in five years so i'm going to be the next you know uh you know louis ck but uh, back then he wasn't the louis ck but no. you know what i mean it was going to be Ray seinfeld Romano. i was i was, right. I was right. going to be seinfeld you know <laughs> right yeah. you know and yeah. and that's the problem it's it's like it's very hard to go from there unless you're in it for the right reasons or you're in it to be a better comic
comic, yeah. so you can ride that out. And obviously, here we are, twelve or fifteen years later, and you've you've been able to do that. But it is a weird scenario for someone to go through. Oh, definitely. It's just like a like a weird headspace to be in, where the, everything is going right, and but there was there was never there was never even an inkling of me of like. Maybe maybe I'm not ready for this. It was just like, right. no, this is everything that I do is gold and it's going to be gold forever. And then, I mean, after that, there was a plateau of like, well, yeah, there's not there's not really much left to do. Not, not that there wasn't much left to do, but I mean, just like a, a, of the stuff within Toronto, there weren't too many other other heights to, to hit right there. So it's like. All right. Well, now I just sit around and wait for someone to give me something. Well, I know, yeah. you know, I know that. Uh, like, I, I I heard a, there was an interview with Chris Rock that I heard recently on. Actually, it was on the Mark Marin podcast, and he said on that podcast that it is possible to be seen too early. But I'm really banking on the second thing that he said, where it's never uh, you can never be seen too late. That's that what is I'm that for is too. what I. That's how I ride my, oh my career because I'm yeah. just like. I've been going under the radar for 11 years, <laughs> you know, maybe 14 years in. That's when I, but uh, I saw Louis C.K. give an interview like in uh, to Humber students once. And I was there. Yeah. Yeah. And he said in the old days, they used to hold comics back as long as possible and then shoot them into the comic comedy scene like a, a meteor, you know? Right. right. Um, so it's, I don't know, but yeah, that's what I bank on that. It's, it's the experience that will get me. Well, people yeah. always say that too, about the Beatles too. It's like they, they, you know, they had a chance to go to Hamburg and play like, you know, seven, seven, uh, like, you know, they played every night of the week uh, for like two hours and they got to the point where they were so, un- they were very underground, but they got to be a really, really tight band. And right. now it's like, you know, as soon as like, uh, like a, an A&R person from a re- record company sees a band that doesn't even matter how long they've been together, we just got to throw these people out there right away. Yeah. So, and that doesn't, you know, it's hard for bands and musicians, like musicians and comedians and artists on any level to really progress when you're thrown under that spotlight so fucking quickly. Yeah, but I mean, like, the things I've been hearing is that you two should retire. Uh, people are like, oh, man, it's time, it's time for Rebecca and I, Dave to just give hang it, it up. up. I peaked yeah. fucking years ago, man. I'm waiting for a, a bus to come along or I'm something. I'm a woman. My, my peak will come later. Yeah. Let me tell you, I, I jumped the guppy a long time ago. It's not even a shark in my career. It's a fucking guppy. Oh, like man. this, this, this conversation is taking a negative turn. I don't <laughs> care for. Oh, well, that's, that's you're more like Kathleen that yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, she, would, she would always turn it. But, okay, but my phrase you've had a lot oh. of success in the last twelve years. You've done a lot of television. You were on video on trial. You're now writing for uh, the Strombo show, and you've written for other shows the last couple of years and punch it up scripts. I know that yeah. with uh, Piaskowski and other things, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. In the last 10 or 12 years, I mean, you may have flown under the radar in terms of the public perception of you doing stand-up because you're making your money elsewhere, but you're still doing it. You're still loving it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and there's, there's, I've gotten used to kind of – there's going to be peaks and valleys the entire way. You're right. going to get stuff. Like video on trial, when that hit, there, uh, all of a sudden a lot of people knew who I was, and that hit for a while. And then, and then I just – I got tired of it and stopped doing it and then just kind of like laid low for a little bit and picked up some punch-up writing, started to get into TV writing, and then mm-hmm. – you know, kind of. I went down to New York for for a little while, and that went nowhere. And it was like, okay, I'll come back here and you know try and pick up some more work. You know? <laughs> now, why did that go nowhere down in New, New York? Mark, I'm yeah. not laughing about New York. Oh yeah, no, I, I think a, she kind of is though. Yeah, no. I, I don't. But I actually yeah. really respect like you and uh, another friend of mine that came back from New York. You're very honest. You're like it. It wasn't the best. Yeah. No, I mean, like they there were fun shows to do down there. Sure. But I was nowhere near making money. Like I, I was trying. Like you, you have to have like a long term plan. And I was like, okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll make some money. You know, writing in like for Canadian stuff while I'm down in New York. But as soon as you leave Toronto, you're not you're not even visible. So no. it's, like, you're not you you lose all the writing gigs. And it's like now I'm just spending money down there and going around and doing like open mic shows and yeah. shit like that. And it's like. Is this is this really if, if I have five years to devote to doing open mic shit, then yeah, oh man, this is going to be great. But uh, am I really going to do that? Well, and also you got to realize too that you're down, you're in the mix with. Uh, like I always say that, like in it, you know, and I could be wrong, but it's like in the states, is there's all if there's the two magnets for comedy are yeah. like Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago, maybe Atlanta or something like that, and then that's where people are all. So if you're in New York, you're there, you're there with guys that have been there for twenty years yeah. and they've paid their dues, they're known by club but owners, still, and I- they all have day jobs, and then maybe, but like it's like. Like you said, it's like yeah. you you got to jump in there right but away. Exactly. There's nowhere to go from. New- I mean, if you, you you go to L.A. and back, but people live in New York. But I mean, plus also you're the funny guy from Toronto. There's the funny guy from St. Louis and the guy yeah. from right. Kansas City Absolutely. and the guy from Memphis. And it's like it's not you're not just going up against New York. This is the best. I mean, but who? What do you have to do and who do you have to be? 
to, you, you just have to be there for 20 years? You got No, uh, you, you got to really be a, a, a schmoozer and you got to bust your ass and, and work your ass off and get to shows. And that's that's not who I, I I'm not the guy who's going to hound a booker yeah. to get booked on that show. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I no, cannot I cannot do that. I can't yeah. like I'll, I'll I'll email people once. And if I don't hear back from them, well, I guess that's it for that show right there. I guess I guess he just doesn't like me. Yeah, I, I emailed that once is enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In fact, that was probably even too yeah. pushy for you. Right. Yeah, the exactly, first email? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's because like, you you get to be in, like in Toronto. And again, because of the way I came came in, uh, I got to feel like, oh, well, you know, if you're funny, eventually people will just come and offer you things. And, and take yeah. note of yeah. the fact that you're funny. All you yep. have to do is be funny, and then, and then things will happen from there. And it's like, no, you got to be funny, and you got to bust your ass yeah. and right. make sure that everyone knows who you are. And that's I, I'm the, the self-promo stuff I've, I've never been any good at. Well, I think, I think too, when you start uh, comedy, you kind of go through a big hangout phase yeah. where you're, right. just, you're at clubs all the time because this, the comedy scene's new to you, and it's exciting. So you don't realize, oh, shit, I'm, I'm hanging out and I'm, I'm meeting new people. But I know comics that have gone down to New York from, from anywhere from, like, Vancouver to Toronto, Montreal, they all go to New York. And then they realize, oh, shit, now i got to go through a whole brand new, new hangout phase. i got to go through a new hangout out phase and I don't want to fucking you know you and don't want to do it. I'm not only that, tired. I was uh, <laughs> I, I was 32 when I went down to New York and no. then you go on and you're starting off with the open mic stuff and those kids are all like 20, 21 and yeah. it's like what am I going to be the creepy old dude? <laughs> hey guys, it's not that bad. It, it's, it's not that bad. Don't no worry, being the creepy old dude is not that bad. <laughs> I know. I spent like for me, I spent my 20s, my fuck years in in comedy clubs almost every single yeah. night. I know. You know, and now when you get to 35, yeah, I understand that that idea. I don't want to be sitting out, you know. Watching pathetic people barely do okay. <laughs> yes, you do. You know, I don't. I don't anymore. I get enough for that hanging out with you, Dave. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, I, Darren's the creepy old guy at home, so exactly. we just need to go to it. I cover that with my kids. No, but if, if you work for the weekend, like if you have, if you're working like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm like, I want to make dinner and watch some shitty DVD. Yeah. Like I don't right. want to go to. Yeah, watch a failure. Well, right. you know? even when like coming back because I was down there for about like uh, two years, kind of uh, more or less, and then like, coming back to Toronto, and I was like, oh yeah, so I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna, you know, it's gonna be the same thing. I'll be like, hanging out at the bars, but I was like, I was spending a lot of times at bars. It was like my late twenties, and now that I'm like in my like you know early mid thirties, and it's like. Is this? I'm like, is this? But I, I mean, I still am. But it's not. It's not the same as it was, you know. Because no, it's, it's not. Because there's people that's like who got married and have kids, and it's even some who dropped out of comedy as well. Like you're not yeah. it's like all the people who you're not hanging out with as much, and it's that's like. Right. And I feel so out of touch with the younger people. Yeah. I don't know half of them, and because I don't go to the hangouts, like I don't go to the Crown and Tiger enough, you right, know. Right. And then I feel, and then I feel like I'm I'm making a mistake somehow. Like the Crown, Crown and Tigers are an open mic in Toronto. That in case people didn't really know that. Yeah, but, sorry, yeah. Yeah. I don't go to enough random open mics, and I don't. I feel like I'm not staying in touch, and that in in the end will make me fail as right. a comedian. You know what freaks me out is like when I introduce myself to a, a, a younger comic, and then they actually say back to me, "Yeah, I've been watching you for years." <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, it freaks yeah. me out. That is freaky. Yeah, or but I mean, I know but that a, a flattery too. It's flattering, yeah. but then and I know that we all want fans, and that's the reason because we want other people to hear what we have to say. Mm -hmm. But then when someone messages me on Facebook and says, like, oh, man, I can't wait to come and see the show, I'm like, my first instinct is, like, holy shit, what have I done? He's going to kick my ass or something like that. <laughs> stalker. I've, I've pissed someone off, you know. I had a man offer, offer to buy me a club sandwich once oh. via Facebook. <laughs> maybe, we Facebook. Could, maybe we could go out and I could buy you a club, club sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> I've been threatened with a knuckle sandwich before. Yes, different. That was a guy wow. from the 50s. <laughs> yeah. It was my dad. Yeah. Where like now you're based in Toronto now and yeah. you, and you're doing you know you're still doing some writing and obviously stand up. Yeah. If you could do just stand up, would you just do stand up? If I could make a living off of it, yeah. yeah. So I yeah. Mean, I mean, at the same time, I have I have like I would like to have my own show as well. I mean, there's there's stuff that you always want to pitch, sure. but I mean, I, I, I you know it's one of those things where I wonder like would I would I be happy just you know like a, like an endless tour like if I could be a guy who could pack. Like pack a theater and just tour across the country. Would I want to do that ongoing? And I could see that being fun for a while, but I mean, maybe maybe there's another. I don't I don't know now that I, now that I think about it. Maybe maybe I would want. To, God, oh my God, guys, huh? Fuck Whoa. comedy. <laughs> Fuck comedy. Listen, what a end, black hole of a question that was. But I mean, I, I think I don't know if I if I would be happy just touring stand up endlessly. I think you'd get really depressed. To be honest, I think I would get yeah. really. If you're only touring. 
Unless you have like an entourage and you're rich enough to bring them everywhere. I, I don't know. I, I think it really depends on why you got into comedy. That, the, the reason I ask that question is because like for someone like me, as long as I have an outlet to get my new stuff out and yeah. get it out, then I don't care if I'm touring or not touring. And for me, that's why I do comedy. I'm not saying that people who don't want to tour aren't in it for the right reasons. It's just different reasons. So that's why I always like to ask that because there's some people it's like, you know what? Comedy doesn't give me as much anymore as it used to. Yeah. And for me, being 41, it gives me just as much as it did when I was 20. Oh, definitely. But I don't think that's the same case for everyone. As as you age, you don't get the same thing out of it. Now, I think, I, I mean, you can answer this, Darren, but I think at a certain point, wouldn't you just be like, I mean, I, do you think you're going to get pissed off when people are just coming to see a comedy show and they're not coming to see you? I, I mean, I've resigned to that fact. I mean, I still draw some people to a comedy club, but most of them are not there to see me. They're there to see a comedy club and hopefully like me. Right. And, you know, I just uh, approach it that way when I d deliver my material. But I have to, re I, you know, I'm resigned to the fact I'm not going to break. I'm not going to be gigantic. I'm not going to pack theaters. Yeah. But that's not why I got into this. I got into this to, to do material and my thoughts. So, you know, if, as long as I keep on being able to pump out my DVDs like I do, then I'm, I'm somewhat happy. Now, Darren, have you ever thought about beating the shit out of Rihanna? Okay, so I, because uh, I, I always forget how much, like, I'm also writing for a TV show right now. Sure. And, uh, like, that's really fun and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then I hadn't done stand-up in, like, two weeks. And I noticed I was getting kind of twitchy and I was in a bad mood. Yeah. And then I did stand-up on Thursday. And I forget how, like, what you're saying, like, does it still give you that same... Rush, yeah. And yeah. It does. Yeah. It does, and yeah. It is an outlet. And, and it, even if you bomb? Well... But it's when, when you come up with, like, tried. a new five... <laughs> When you get like a new five and you go and it kills. Oh, and it's yeah. like, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Holy shit. But that's the thing. I, I would say if I, if I didn't have to, because I, I don't want to be on the road like 50 weeks a year. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't want to do that. But if I could say, like, do like a, like a cross Canada tour and just, I mean, work in the city, like still, you know, come up and be creating yep. stuff yep. in the city and do that consistently. If I could make a living doing that, for sure, man. Look at someone, awesome, someone like yeah. Nikki Payne has got the right thing going on right now. Yeah. She moved back to the East Coast because she doesn't really have to be here. Right. She tours once or twice a year. She does select dates. She makes her money. I don't know how much money she makes, but I'm assuming it's a living. $32,500 exactly. a year. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming it's a living and she's happy with it because I think that meets the reason she got into what she got into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and sometimes sometimes comics I think lose track, especially like you said at the beginning of your career, you thought, Oh, A to B to C to D and oh, then all of a sudden it. I'm Johnny Carson. Yeah. And you know, uh, we all w would love that to happen. I'm not saying I don't <laughs> want it to happen, but I know it's not going to, but I'm okay with that. But you know, some comics aren't. And, and I'm, that's still, not, they I'm still not okay with that. I remember the first time I ever did stand up, Tim Rabnett was at the show or right. another Canadian comic. Yep. And uh and he came up to me and he was like, That was great. That was that was your first time, that was really good. And I said, and in my head, I was like, I know. <laughs> and uh, and I said, how long have you been doing it? And he said, five years. And I said, I thought to myself, what a loser. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be so famous yeah. by then. Right. <laughs> and here it is 11 years later. Yeah. And yeah, you're yeah. talking to us assholes. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> now, what, now uh, we were talking, uh, we were kind of talking, you, you know, Fraser, you have a girlfriend? Yes. And then, Rebecca, are you involved with anyone at this time? I am currently single. Okay. And I am, and I am tragically single, too. <laughs> and, and, and Darren, of course, we know what his story is, but I I pose the question to you that if you had a choice, uh, would you want someone to see you for the first time on stage or meet you off stage? Uh, that's it. I mean, like I a future girlfriend that you're someone you may meet just casually, and then they find out you're a comic. Would you want them to come and see you right away, or if you had feelings for them, would you wait? If I if I met them off stage, uh, yes, I would definitely want to wait. I would want to I would want to get that because you don't want to blow that too early if you go through right. and you don't you don't really understand their sense of humor right. totally. Right. So it's like I, I got to choose material carefully around this. But my my current girlfriend actually did see me on stage for the first time. And like I didn't even meet her that night. She emailed me a couple of days later. No, was then... she was she happy or was she let down when she met you? Uh, no, I think I think she was uh, she was uh, rightfully rightfully. Dear uh, Fraser, validated. you were you were mediocre at best, but oh, you want to go for coffee? No, but I I bombed that night so hard. I was hosting. Did at you the really? Riff. Oh man, and I just ate it. And then so I got this email from a girl who was like, "I thought you were so funny last oh. night." And I was like, "What is oh. the matter with this girl? A female pity fuck? It's <laughs> the other way. Me. It's yeah. the other way." Yeah. Female pity fuck. I like where this is going. <laughs> but, uh, like, and it's, she did, like, and uh, she just has, like, a really weird sense of humor. Right. Which, because, like, I didn't think, like, 
N- never mind that the crowd hated me and I bombed that night. Like what I was doing, like I was just like hosting and doing a lot, like, a lot of you know cover stuff in between. It was all garbage. Well, it I- was really <laughs> shitty stuff, but it really, it really struck a nerve with her. And I was like, okay, yeah, boom, boom, bing. Let's <laughs> meet. Yeah. What could go wrong? Now I don't know. No, for me, because I've had this screwed up. I've had this screw up before, where uh, I'll meet someone and then they they enjoy me off stage and then they see me on stage and they're like, oh man, well you're a lot different uh, and not good different, like bad, yeah. like. You know, restraining order different. Yeah. Uh, now, if I were to meet someone now, I want I would want them to meet me off stage first, and I would quickly say to them, "Listen, uh, if if we're going to be hanging out and if we're going to date, then you can't be that big a fan of Jerry D." Now, nothing against <laughs> Jerry D. I think you know what I'm. I think I'm friends with. I think I'm friends with Jerry. I don't know, but if you really like what Jerry does on stage, you're probably not going to like what I do on stage. And I actually have had girls say to me afterwards, "It didn't really look like you enjoyed being up there." But <laughs> But I was like, well, sometimes I don't. But um, but I, that's just I'm just saying that like I'm a I'm a you know some of the people some of the time sort of guy. Well, I think this is a really interesting thing because I was just seeing someone, but was it Jerry D? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was only for a few weeks, and uh, I had said already like you you can't come to see me yet, and, right? Uh, because I think I think it's also a bit different because I'm a girl. I, I I think there's a different dynamic I think slightly. It's, yes. And, you know, men are intimidated. Women are like, oh, he's so funny. I'll mm-hmm. give him a blowjob or whatever. And then. Are oh, they really? Whoa. Yeah. Where, where's that alley? Where are oh. they? What the oh, fuck I am I doing here? Anyway. Yeah. But um, what's really interesting, if you really think about it, like, it shouldn't matter if they like what you do on stage. Because, like, you know, I, I, this sounds like a Seinfeld joke. But I, I don't go to your work and watch how you staple things. You know, right, like, right. In a way, because my sense of humor off stage is similar to what I do on stage, but it's not the same. Right. But so, I, I think know. I think I think it's more your identity. It's because if if uh, if someone were to criticize me at my job, I would be very hurt by that. But if you're like a barista or something, yeah, you made a shitty coffee. Yeah, who gives a fuck? I'm making minimum wage. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Yeah, you know? fuck you very much. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, if you say, oh wow, you're really shit at comedy. Oh <laughs> fuck. No, no, no. I don't devote Not my whole shit, life. But like, like they can say, I respect what you do, but I don't love those jokes. Yeah, but you know what? If someone said that to me, then I'm like, if you if yeah, you don't enjoy my right. comedy, it's then I had a boyfriend that said that, and I think I'm trying to make it okay in my no, he's a dick. <laughs> what a yeah, see how it comes asshole. out now? Yeah. We just pry it yeah. open. Go well, ahead. Oh, it's just, God, it's it's just like if if someone, yeah, if they didn't really like my jokes, because, I mean, every joke that you do on stage says something about you, and I'm more likely to not say the first thing that comes out of my head when I'm off stage, but on stage, it's like I'm, I'll say whatever I want, right. and I don't hold back when I'm on stage. But off stage, I mean, it might be me like, uh, oh, man, maybe this isn't the right situation to say this. I mean, for me, maybe I'm a, a severe narcissist, but I always loved the Bon Jovi story, and that is he married a girl who did not like his music whatsoever. And part of me, well, for years, liked that because then it's like you know that that person is going to call you on your bullshit. You're not going to get away with stuff because they don't care about what you do as the person on stage. Yeah, and yeah, that's what I'm getting at. There, there's something very. Uh, honest about that and I mean my wife you know she she finds some of the stuff I do funny some of it she's horrified by <laughs> and she's very disgusted by and her family's upset by and she's and only friends, seen five minutes her friends are upset by and you know she doesn't even have my last name for a reason and I don't you know I can get into that later well but, how how long Darren was it uh when you first met her that she got to see you do three months Three months. Three months. Like a probationary period yes, of yeah. like, I'm okay. not joking. No, I Three know. months. And then and then month four, I've said this before on the show, her aunt came and saw and took her outside and said, this guy's not the one for you. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. And I still have to see that aunt. Really? And my I- wife's in Dominican right now uh, with that aunt. Have you have you brought it up to the aunt's face? No, but I love looking in her eyes. <laughs> I hope they don't. Hear I fucking this. love looking in her eyes. Who is? I hope they wedding? hear this. I hope I'm going to buy her fucking XM radio for Christmas, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, she can just download this episode. Yeah, right? Exactly. What's her email address? I'll, well, send, I'll send it, right it to her. her. Don't okay, you worry. Good. All right, good. But I'm also I've had it where I've dated a girl and then I found out what her best movie was and I broke up with her <laughs> because it was like not without my daughter and I'm like I can't have that I out love there. That movie. I can't have that out there. I can't be at a party <laughs> and then my friends. What's your favorite movie? Not Pulp Fiction. Not without my daughter Sally Field? Yes, not without my daughter. It's was, not my favorite, but it's pretty good. But, <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you like so, that movie? It's like I've uh, never seen it. It's wow. like a really well-made TV movie. Essentially. Yeah, but oh. I saw, the, I saw the poster. Yeah. I just hate movies about families. <laughs> no. I find, yeah. them, I find they, them disgusting. Yeah. Now, I, now I, I, I 
I Even quickly Simpsons. Okay, go well, no, that's, that's I haven't seen the Simpsons movie. That's not bad. The uh, <laughs> I went on a date with a girl, and then I swear to God, and I kind of knew this was drawing a line in the sand. She didn't know who Christopher Walken was, right? Over. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Like uh, to me, <laughs> over. Uh, Come on, that's, Dave. That's kind of like saying you don't know who Jesus is. Yeah. Now, I'm not comparing Christopher Walken to Jesus, just but it's did. like, but if like if the only if even if you just knew that the walk on water part about Jesus, <laughs> and if you, even if you just knew the more cowbell part about Christopher Walken, that's at least something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. that guy. Okay. Right. right. I thought you were gonna do a walk in water joke no. after that. No. I, thought, oh, I thought you were gonna turn around no. to pun city. No, I was gonna Dave, try. Yeah. No impressions. Dave. No impressions. <laughs> My wife didn't even know who Richard Pryor was. Really? And I still married her. Okay. You know what? I uh, I was. Like, <laughs> Hang on a second. Hang on. You're calling over if she doesn't know who Walken is, but fucking Pryor. Ah! Because guess when that came You're... out? That came out nine years in with three kids with this fucking brat. I can't just run and go. Your Honor, this is over. She doesn't know who Richard Pryor is. I'm fucking stuck here. Wait. Well, how did she know you for nine years and you'd never brought up Richard Pryor? Because it sounds I, I don't to me talk, like you I don't, don't really talk care comedy about around yeah. her. She does. She works in a cancer hospital. She doesn't come back and go. Oh, who's a Richard Pryor cancer? You know. Yeah. See, you don't. It, the way you say cancer, I can tell you don't really love that topic. So, and you still love your wife. Yeah, exactly. There was a time I, I went on. Uh... <laughs> so if yeah, he was like yeah. really joyful about cancer, he'd be yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, that's the guy who's behind what his wife." He's does. like, "Well, she works with cancer." <laughs> well, you know, I wish it on people, and she saves it. It's a working relationship. There's a. There was one uh, date I went on uh, that I went on, and I quickly realized. It was just going to turn into a night of drinking when early on in the date she uh, she said to me uh, you know I see all those ads on TV warning people about things and sometimes I think I should go get my prostate checked no she was, didn't I no, swear were you to God. dating Betty White from Golden Girls <laughs> <laughs> I wish then I'd have a, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you two assholes how big was her Adam's apple uh, yeah pretty, was this like big. Jack Norman's ex or something no 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 it was it was it was a genuine like I lady should, boy uh, well that's what her ad said so. <laughs> were you in Vietnam at this at this moment or? I might have been yeah okay Oh, Who's that's... Christopher Walken? Yeah, I might have been. <laughs> there you go. You got it. All I right. have a question for Fraser. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. please. More Fraser. So, we, have, we have just a couple more minutes, but go ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, so I have this thing about um, boring white male comics. That's me. Uh, no, no, but it's not. Okay. That's why I wouldn't bring it up. No, right? I, I was thinking it's like, going to be awkward. I just oh, would, we talk behind your back. I would go, I would go with it. But yeah. you're not. You're, you have a like, very distinct personality. You move your hands a lot. You talk quickly, and your, your jokes are clever, Those and they're stories, things. right? Uh, but do you? I'm asking kind of the men here. I'm wondering if it's a female observation I made. If you know what I mean by the typical boring white straight male comic, with like kind of clever jokes, uh, but no. I was going to say Jerry D until you said clever jokes. Okay. Oh. I'm just done. I thought you were very Jerry D. I'm kidding. I'm trying to get Jerry on the show. His eyes out right now. And I kind of to add an appendix of what I've just said. What do you think makes a comic awesome? Like what? When a comic leaves a stage and you've been blown away, what do you think it was that blew you away? I, you know, I don't, I don't. I think it, it varies person to person. I don't yeah. know if I can, if right. I can nail it down. If if I see, there's not like a checkbox thing. It's like, oh well, he got this, he got that, he right. got that. Boom, solid in my books. It's if, okay. If, then if what's I, like a combination of factors? I don't know. If if it's just like if I connect with the material, if, uh-huh. if he can, if he's a solid delivery. If he, I mean, it's like the same old, like you know, not afraid to take chances with stuff. It's like. But, but it is, that is kind of like a checkbox list. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. But okay, but and then do you know what I mean by the boring? Sure. I, yes. Oh, yeah, oh, I mean, sure. like, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, right. sure. But for me, there's two things. There's either great material or passion. And the reason I make that distinction is because you can be mm-hmm. like, uh, you can be Stephen Wright, and there's people may say there's not a lot of passion behind what he how he does it. But the material is so great, it, right. it kind of jumps that issue. Or it's someone that believes so much in their material, and you can see the fire behind their eyes. That's what I love. Totally, yeah. I and that's not that. energy. That doesn't have to be energy, no. but you just see the commitment to what they're presence doing. And, yeah. like and presence. Yeah. And that's what I say about like Stephen Wright. I mean, you can't, I, I wouldn't call him boring at all, because no. it's so it's so well, well crafted, yes. his, his whole persona. It's uh, and it's such a yeah. unique voice too. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, for me, it's like if I ever leave a comedy show a little bit pissed off because they're doing jokes that I wish I thought of. Right. That's like I know, like like uh, when Willie Nelson talks yes. about the Christopher Chris Christopherson song, "Me and Bobby McGee." Yeah. He always he like he he first time he heard that song, he was like, "Why the fuck didn't I don't know if he said fuck, but he yeah. was like, "Why didn't I write that song?" <laughs> right. You know, it's yeah. a, it's about you know it's about being on the road, it's about traveling, it's about love yeah. and heartbreak, and yeah. it's like that's like and when I hear a comic do a joke that has all the things that I like to talk about and it pushes the edge and shit. I'm like, oh, damn it, you're good. Right, you know, right. The, the first time I saw Bobby Mayer, 
at Spirits. He fucking bombed at Spirits. Bombed. But I howled and I couldn't believe that this skinny fucking little kid was saying stuff that was far more horrific and funny. He hadn't figured out the way to translate it to the audience. Right. But far edgier than stuff that I've been vilified for in my career. I'm like, holy fuck, this is is what I want to watch. And that's why I still go to those open mics. That doesn't happen as often as it used to, but I'm still impressed with guys like him and, and maybe like a Nick Beaton or, or Rebecca, the first time I saw you, or, or oh. even Kathleen McGee, you know? Mm-hmm. All these people that I see, and I'm like, I want to write jokes like that, but I can't, and so that's why I love it. Do, now, right. uh, Darren, do, I, do we have enough time to go into the, the one tweet question that we got from Brian Hope uh, of Brian Hope Comedy? Sure, go ahead. Uh, now, uh, you work on the Strombo Show. I his, do. And, and his, uh, his tweet question was, uh, anything else heard from uh, St. Pierre regarding his tweet? Can you give us the backstory uh, about this? Okay, yeah. Uh, there was... Uh, George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre has, uh, has an exercise program called, uh, called Rush Fit. And, and also explain who he is. Yeah. Uh, George, oh, excuse me, uh, George St. Pierre is uh, is a mixed martial artist, uh, is a mixed martial arts fighter, yeah. and uh, like UFC champion. Uh, yeah. He is the the welterweight champion. I'm I'm a UFC fan. I George St. Pierre is my favorite uh, fighter. Okay, uh, but uh, there was so uh, George Stromvalopoulos wanted me to go and do this rush fit thing and kind of like tape it at home, and it would be something that we put on the web of like my progress uh, coming along. And, uh, and so I was you're like, such yeah. a fatty. <laughs> no, but it's like, a, like I'm, I'm soft, you know? Yeah, oh, and, I see. And right. uh, like I'm, I'm uh, skinny fat. Yep. And so uh, <laughs> I was, uh, was going to, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do this. And then I read like the nutrition guide, and it's like a serious program. Like, uh, I'd have to cut out uh, like deli meats and all this stuff. I mean, basically the one, no alcohol for eight weeks. And I was like, oh, fuck, no way. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then I was getting harassed at work. And like George, who, George Strombo, who's straight edge, uh, obviously, giving up booze for eight weeks is no fucking thing. And so he's, I, I was getting ripped on by a few other people as well. And so uh, so he took a picture of me, and I'm holding the Rush Fit thing and giving a thumbs down. So he takes a picture of me and then tweets that picture to George St. Pierre. And I was like, holy shit, man, you're going to be fucking killed. And then, uh, and then George St. Pierre uh, tweets back. Okay, could he tweet him like, uh, Fraser refuses to do your, uh, you know, the Rush Fit or whatever. And so he tweets back of, uh, tell Fraser that I'm not impressed with his performance. And I was like, holy shit, because that was something he said famously to Matt Hughes, another right. uh, another UFC guy, which and I was I was really amazed with that. And uh, but I, no, that was basically the end of the story. Like, I tweeted back at him and uh, trying to basically keep this going because I want to meet the guy. But it uh, it pretty much died right there. He's such an amazing fighter that almost to the point where he's kind of boring. I mean, he's amazing to watch, but he's kind of boring because he's just so good at throwing people to the ground right uh, away and beating the shit out of them. It's just like. It's there's no, almost no, no. flaws and to this guy. It's like a, it's like a, it's, guys. it's like a ballet of violence. Yeah. You know, it's great. It's just so so strong defensively. Yeah. I okay. I love it. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. But if people want to get a hold of you, Fraser, I know you had a CD that came out in 2006. You're talking about maybe doing one in the summer. Yes. If people are interested in finding out for you for dates or other things, where do they go? They go to a youngfraser.com and wait patiently while I update my calendar. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, thanks, Fraser, for coming in. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Thank thanks, you guys. Fraser. It was a lot of fun. Thank right, you. Yeah. Bite the pillow. It's going in dry. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme, we're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit, or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Smoother than a stripper's area. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? All right. We are back again for 
for one more week. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. And this week, we have Rebecca Kohler uh, sitting, to see, bet- sitting between Darren and myself. And uh, before Darren has something terrible to say about me and my announcing skills, uh, I'm going to throw it over to Darren Frost. How are you, Darren? I'm doing well, David. Thank you for keeping that short and sweet. We already have a long enough intro each week with the uh, whole bells and whistles. Uh, Rebecca Kohler is in with us this week, and we are happy to have her. Uh, this weekend, uh, I had off. I didn't really go anywhere stand-up-wise. Uh, what about you, David? Were you anywhere? I uh, got to do a – it was a, uh, a fundraiser for uh, firefighters. And uh, while I was there, actually, I was talking to one of the firefighters, and there were three comics on the show. And it was one of those awkward moments where I kind of wanted to call fighter fi- firefighter on his shit. Right. And he actually said to me, he, like, because he knew that I was one of the comics on the show, and he said to me, oh, my God, man, I don't know how you guys get up there and talk <laughs> like that on stage. And I was sort of like, well, what the fuck, what the fuck's going on? What your problem? I was like, you guys go into burning buildings, right? Yeah. I'm a comedian. The only person who gets hurt at a comedy show is the comedians, and they're just my feelings. And uh, most likely, I'll just storm out of there, going like, fuck those people, anyways. But I just, I couldn't believe that. But it, it just, it's amazing how much people fear getting on stage. You know, and there's like wife swap. There, there should be like job swap, oh where, you're, where you're the fireman and everyone dies in the building because you're wheezing up the fucking ladder. That's what would probably happen. <laughs> or people yeah. just throwing babies out. Oh, hopefully. They'll just live and be, you know. Or I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a stuck at a drive-through at like a Burger King, and I can't even get to the fire on time. It's, just, hey, it's Whopper Wednesdays. Give me a fucking break. Oh, that would be horrible. That would be a very funny show, but it yes. would be horrible, and yes. lots of lives would be lost. Yes. And what about you, Rebecca? Where were you this weekend? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I didn't have any shows. I did do a show on Thursday, okay. for which I got a good review. Oh. In Now Magazine. Now Magazine, yes. Oh, our favorite publication. Our favorite um, publication, No, absolutely. I was very happy. I've never had a full-out good review, so uh, there's always, like, a backhanded compliment in yep. there. Yep, No, so you did one, have a good... It was good for you, yep. yeah. this was pretty good. And uh, and then on, on Saturday, I went to see Jeffrey Ross, the roast master. Oh, we, uh, uh, that, that, that Massey Hall? That No, it was at the Queen Elizabeth. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Then. And uh, so that was interesting, and that was the night Whitney Houston died, and we can talk about that later. Yeah, we will, yeah. for sure. But how was Jeffrey Ross in that venue? Uh, you know, I didn't want to go. I didn't. Okay. Uh, I, I I actually this sounds really weird, but I, I don't actually enjoy going to see comedy anymore. Okay. Like it seems like a chore. Yeah. Like yeah. Homework, especially like I'm not a huge fan of his, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll go. Yeah, like, I don't think you'd be. I know not to project, but I think you may you know like some of the 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 writing ability of some of the roasting, but I don't think you're a roasting kind of comic sitting there going, oh, that was a really great dig. That's not really your style. No, right? I'm not. Yeah, although right. he did roast some audience members, and that was probably the most entertaining. Right. Yeah. Entertaining part yeah, of the evening. Like the last twenty minutes, right? He brings someone yeah. up on stage. He brings a bunch of people up on stage and then okay. makes fun of them. The best part is that people uh, put themselves up there mm-hmm. and then they're shocked by what he says to them. Right, right, right. <laughs> Those are the stupidest people at the show. But he doesn't do any research into who these people are. No, He's no, just no, like, no, no. He like comments fat, on you... their body, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. and their face, and okay. he called a man a woman. It was really great. Okay, all right. Sarcasm. Okay, go on. But was it was it busy? Was it a lot of people there? It was. Pre- it was almost full. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, then you but you also witness. The masses at a comedy sure. show and the stuff they're like, I think half of them were super high, right. which you expect. But like Jeffrey Ross is like, hello, and people are like falling out of their chairs already laughing. Oh, yeah. Of course. Right. That's the difference, you know, between people going to see you and going to a comedy club and end up seeing you, right? Right. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Big when we difference. saw Brian Regan two years ago, all these super fans were there. It didn't matter what he said. I mean, he was very funny, but it didn't matter what he said. They were on every word because yeah. it was Brian Regan. But it almost makes you feel like it discounts the comedy because these people well, they don't have to work. Is hard. They yeah. don't know. They don't. Well, you kind of second guess your material because you want most people want their material to stand on its own, and you kind right. of don't want people to be like, "Well, don't laugh at me just because." Well, exactly. That's what I mean. Like as a comedian, that might actually bother me. I know right. it sounds like a negative Nelly thing to say, but I want them to laugh. But I want them to listen and laugh, of course, yeah. And, yeah. and give you the feedback that's true feedback, and not, "Hey, it's Rebecca saying it." Well, yeah. I, I think there's a certain amount of grace that every audience gives uh, a comic if they're going to see him particularly. Because I saw David Cross at the same theater and uh and you know i i i'm a big david cross fan uh i know a lot of people don't like him because like yeah. he's a bit of a comedy I, snob. I know you are because i know you have an alvin and the chipmunks t-shirt with david cross on it you know what do you have to comment on everything do you masturbate that i have in that t-shirt? he does he I does do. actually i master i actually i masturbate with the t-shirt yeah. Which and he doesn't stop creepier, until he yeah. covers all three chipmunks, you make especially the chipmunks, Simon. Yeah. You make the chipmunk, chipmunks look like they have rabies. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I make them all froth at the mouth. 
It's actually one of those voice activated t shirts, and then Simon says, Over here, don't forget me. I just have to stop this and say that the number one look I hate most on men is a shirt and nothing else. Right. It's really not a good look. Oh. <laughs> never do that. Oh, don't what? come early to the show because that's what Dave, he never puts his pants on. He's like Jerry Lewis. Yeah. He doesn't put his pants on until the show starts. So he's just got a t shirt on, and that's it. I think it's because it makes you look like an overgrown baby with a hairy crotch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, well, uh, I, well, I wax, so don't. Well, don't oh, worry. no, nice. that's even worse. Yeah. I know. Tell me about that. <laughs> but just, not the taint. Your, your taint is hairy. That's can you do nice. that though? Can you wax your taint? Yes, it's like a genital goatee. Can you can do that? <laughs> but yeah, you can get a goatee that matches your face, Dave. He's got one rocking right now. That because summer, sometimes goatee. in the summertime, it is just that my under the heat coming off my undercarriage is just it's ridiculous. All right, and too yeah. much information. Whoa, there's never too There's much a girl information here, Dave. About show. It's different now. Stop it. Um, when boobs are in the room, yes, the yes, tables get yes, turned. That's right. Put Even your pants back on. Even though they're small, they are here. Okay. Oh, no, nice. don't say it's okay. that. Okay, I like them. Now, Whitney Houston died. What's the big news of the week? Of course, uh, I thought uh, I watched the Grammys and I thought LL Cool J did a very good job off the top and handling the situation. Although he didn't take his hat off when he prayed, which was kind of weird. Um, but it's rude to God. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. If that's what you believe, uh, that's why I always wear a hat when I pray. Um, but <laughs> Dave, I like how you believe you believe in a god and you want him to well, yeah, and fuck, you want to piss him off. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. If, he, if he's real and God's a man, yeah, too. he'll understand the humor in that. Yeah, I hope so. But then uh, the Grammys. So Chris Brown was on. I know we all want to talk about this. Oh. Um, okay, maybe not Dave. Well. Uh, but Chris Brown was on and performed. Obviously, uh, you know the last couple of years not been good to Chris Brown in terms of the media, what he did to Rihanna a couple of years ago, the night of the Grammys. And uh, Rebecca, what, what's your thoughts on the whole Chris Brown thing? I think it's a very tricky uh, topic to talk about. I think I will go out there and say I'm kind of against it, right. that, that he was invited to perform there, partly because Rihanna, Rihanna, I'm so out of Right, Rihanna. You're so out of touch. You can't even. Music. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like when people break up and then you don't invite both of them to your party. Right. Especially when one of them beat the shit out of another one of them. Yes. And yes. severely, yes. Now, oh my, like I, uh, hospitalization. Hospitalization, as you were saying earlier, Dave, she almost died. And what right? if she did die? If she had died, he probably would have gone to jail, right? This is like, uh, and I was just talking about this the other day, how a mistake seems to only be a mistake if really bad things happen right, after right. you do it. Like, if you drink and drive and don't hit anyone, Long you mistake. haven't really made a mistake. Right. You hit someone, big mistake, right? Right, right, right. So she didn't die, so it's not as big of a mistake. But, um, but like, we were talking about other celebrities who do shitty things. And, like, Absolutely. Do, do you decide? Like, I still love Woody Allen, even though apparently, you know, he married right. his daughter. Right. Um, but not, not, well, his but, stepdaughter. Let's get step that straight. No, yeah. and I still love him. But I. But what I, about Roman Polanski? See, I, he I watch his he, movies. He drugged a 13-year-old and fucked her in the ass. He fucked yeah. her in the anus. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and it was small because she was 13. It was well, a tight. I, you know what? I, I, loved, <laughs> I loved Roman Polanski for years. In fact, tried to be him for many years and tried to get a 13-year-old inside of the 13-year-old when I was watching the piano, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I, I tried. and I Okay, we get off that. Well, one. you took the, a VCR the, and a, a TV from the AV department and wheeled it into like a uh, kindergarten <laughs> and just said, well, not even, oh, my God, not even a kindergarten. Kindergarten? You, what age are you talking about? That's not 13, Dave. Well, I hang well out the with girls a, you date, 13. I hang out with a lot of stupid 13-year-olds. Yeah. And they're Obviously. still in kindergarten. Ah, Dave. Um, anyway, just to quickly finish my point. Yeah. Yes. I think that it doesn't mean you have to not like his music anymore, but maybe don't celebrate him in public two years later. Okay, but there, here's, there's two things there, right? One, a, a comic named Dom Perret, I'm going to paraphrase what he said, brought up an interesting point. Do you damn the man for his whole life based on a few mistakes he made during his life or not? That's what? one thing. And then the second thing is if he paid his debt to society, meaning he pled guilty and is doing all his community service, is he then damned for the rest of his life if he paid his debt to society? Not the rest of his life. It's been two years. How about right. five years? Right. How about when Rihanna's not also on the show? Right. I just think that's a really like – But but also if, if his album did sell, so the audience uh, buying public has decided with their dollar to reward him by buying his music and having them the hits. I'm just playing devil's advocate, by the way. Yeah, I, I really, hope so. Yeah, but this is the arguments that no, people know, are saying. I know, I know. It's very tricky. It is. It's a, it's a weird, slippery slope, whether he can or not. I personally would not have booked him, um, but, you know, especially when Whitney died and now, you know, all that stuff happened around that. You know, with the whole Bobby Brown abuse stuff, but it is kind of weird. Well, I don't. I, I think it, it depends on what your mistakes are. I mean, if your mistakes are almost sending a girl like to a funeral home uh, because you know you beat the shit out of her when she was in a car, it's just it. 
and it's and also I don't think he has he even actually copped to the fact that like has he actually ad- apologized for it? I mean, because he was on Good Morning America and sh- and he and he, out, and he yeah. freaked out and yeah. he you know he he threw a chair out the window sure. and you know he stormed out of the building with his shirt off and it'd be like and he it doesn't seem like he's really all that sorry about it. And there was all or these, stable. Yeah, not and not remarkably stable. Either. Well, he thanked Jesus off the top, so I thought that was good when he won his award. That's oh. saying sorry, isn't it? Yeah, if, well, but not. then a lot of people are sorry at award ceremonies. Well, you know, yeah. and Michael Vick said that he found uh, Jesus after he, you know, did all those like all that dogfighting shit. And uh, but I mean, if you went into detail, like exactly what he did to those animals, it's like horrific. And the fact of course. that you can was like was there you know, anal rape involved? I. Don't, I don't know if that would motivate. I don't know if that would motivate. I don't know if that would motivate a dog to fight more. I think it like, would. Oh man, is it like wrestling now with the dog fighting? That's a closing move. Or Actually, you know what would be funny if, if you if finish you, him. If you if you had uh, if you had two dogs and they were both being being anally raped at the same time, and those dogs were fighting while you, while two people were anally raping them. That would be kind of Where are we going with that? That's okay. Let's get off that one. Okay, okay. all right. Next. Um, but the one thing is very interesting. The last thing about the Chris Brown uh, phenomenon, what happened during the Grammys, is a bunch of women were tweeting all night long saying things like, Chris Brown can come and beat me up anytime he wants. As long as he kisses my face, he beats. And there's like a top 25 tweets uh, of people saying that kind of shit. And uh, I find that very sad. Oh, it's I, disgusting. It's very upsetting. Yeah. Absolutely. It just shows you where the world's going. If you well, think domestic think... violence is funny when you're – when it's – we all have jokes that we, we, we make, but we never have it where it's – that. at least I don't, I don't think. Or maybe I do. Maybe I'm being hypocritical, but uh, – I think so. I, I just think that it's it's pretty sad that they would do that on the night of the Grammys. Well, I don't think they understand the weight of the, and I don't think yeah. maybe they've never been beaten right. or they have such low self esteem that they I, don't know. Well, I also how think it, I is. think it's also because they have this almost anonymous sort of Twitter feed that they don't really have to like stick up for afterwards. They can just oh well, I'll just put this like you know cutesy little comment about why uh, you know right. uh, uh, you know domestic violence. They don't, I don't realize they're going to be on the Huffington Post the next day. Exactly. Yeah. Did, were you inspired at all? Were you Whitney Houston fans? Were you really upset no. about this? I'm already tired of the song. I'm already tired of the song. I will always love you. I'm tired of it already. They I was tired it. of it in 1994. I was in, There was one thing that Whitney did inspire me in, in a couple of ways because uh, she inspired me never to smoke crack and then go to court to do okay. those two things that's back good. to back. I think yeah. so. That's, that's good. good. I think that's a good that's thing, good. yeah. Because yeah. there's nothing that says responsibility more than sweating and a facial twitch. I think that's a good thing okay. to do. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, good to know. All right. Well, we got to go to a break, but we're going to have a few more <laughs> things to talk about in the, in the last uh, quarter of the show. Uh, our guest this week is uh, comedian Fraser Young. Uh, I've been looking forward to Fraser coming on the show for a long time, and we finally got him here. So please stay tuned. Uh, a great comic, Fraser Young, is up next. And you thought your mother catching you masturbating was uncomfortable. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee.